and um, and uh, just for a few minutes and the fight for baby Jesus. But a little bit ago in Knoxville, we have that, Austin? Um, uh, just a week ago in Knoxville in a little preschool, as things can go wrong when you get children together, um, in the middle of the nativity, you'll have to watch real closely, there commences to be a fight over baby Jesus in the nativity with the little children. And it's just cute. You have to watch real closely to get it. My friend Cindy Murdoch sent this to Joni and I while we were having a long coffee break. And we thought it was so cute. And um, so they're going to bring it up, fighting for baby Jesus. Jesus to go around there is I've seen a lot of people fight over baby Jesus one way or the other but that's another sermon reading out of John 1 and 14 so the word became human and made his home among us he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory the glory of the father's one and only son I uh, like the way the message says it before we pray the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood don't you love that we saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory that only Jesus has. Like his father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Isn't that awesome um, in the fullness of time? Father, we thank you for this time in your presence. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to take this very simple word and speak into the ears of my brothers and sisters. In my weariness, be strong. In my moments of exhaustion, be even more powerful. But most of all, whisper in the ears of your sons and daughters in this room, my brothers and sisters. Come, Holy Spirit, encourage us, breathe life into us, and make your word resident in us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Everybody loves a mystery, right? Recently, Pastor Hank and I were um, blessed to go see um, Murder on the Orient Express. Have you ever read the book or seen the movie? Well, I had never read the book, um, which I happened to unfortunately mention that on Facebook and my English teacher who still teaches at Cleveland High, Mrs. Lemons, who I've known since I was little, reminded me that I should have read it even still. But I was so glad that I didn't read it because seeing that mystery was so amazing because there's clues and mystery doesn't mean the absence of design, but it means there's intelligent, deep plot, a great mind. Someone say a great mind. And we love mystery when it's being played on the screen. I mean, our generation is, my young generation, when we were young, we were fascinated with Perry Mason. Anybody remember old Perry Mason? Oh, yeah. How about Columbo? Anybody still alive that remembers Columbo? 
But I bet you know about NCIS. I bet you know about law and order. I bet you know about all those other mysteries that you see. Everyone say, everyone loves a mystery. We love it until it comes to our life and we can't figure things out. We love it when it's on a screen, when it's a theatrical cinematography, great work of great minds. But when it's my life or your life and we can't figure out how some threads come together and some days connect to a greater destiny and how the mundane becomes the powerful and the ordinary becomes extraordinary. Reminds me of a children's book that my girls had, Where is Waldo? Anyone ever had one of those? And on every page, there is this goofy-eyed, I have to remember what he looks like, goofy-eyed striped shirt, goofy hat. He had a goofy eye and a goofy hat. Striped shirt who's been hidden from the untrained eye. And you look at every one of these pages and you try to find Waldo amidst all of these people. Sometimes that's what it feels like in our life. We know God is not distant, which I had to throw that in because in my closing prayer on live television, I happened to say, God is distant. And then I caught myself in real quick and said, no, God's not distant. We've laughed for days about that. But someone say, God is not distant. Even when you don't see him in the moments, even when you don't understand, like looking for Waldo, there's times we just look in the pages of our life and we think, where is God? But God always shows himself strong. And the story of fighting for Jesus is one that you may not comprehend but we find ourselves in the middle of a story that sometimes is wonderful. Can I get amen? Sometimes it's awful. And often a confusing mixture of both. Can I get an amen? And sometimes we wonder how to make sense of it all. Even when we watch our favorite TV shows, Pastor Hank always goes, if it's recorded, to stop it before they show what's going to happen next week. I cannot leave it alone until I see a segment. Anybody with me? I have to see what's coming up the next week, especially if it's a show I love, I really love, because we all long to know the rest of what? The rest of the story. Look at your neighbor and say the rest of the story. With every step of our lives, we enter into the middle of another dimension of our story. How will it all end? How will it turn out? In one of my favorite movies, Lord of the Rings, Sam says to Frodo in just the worst moment, they've been through so much, can't preach that Lord of the Rings, but they've been through so much. They're exhausted, exhausted <laughs> like me. They're tired, they're weary, weary. I'll get these words right in a minute. And Sam says to Frodo, by all rights, we shouldn't be here, but we are. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo, the ones that really mattered, full of darkness and danger they were, and you didn't want to know the end, because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad has happened? But in the end, Sam says to Frodo, it's only a passing thing. Even darkness must pass. Someone say, even darkness must pass. And a new day will come, and when the sun shines, it will shine the clearer. Because those are the stories that stayed with you, even if you were too small to understand. Folks in those stories had lots of chances of turning around, but they didn't. Why? Because they knew there's something good in this world worth fighting for. Can you say amen? And in this story of Jesus coming to the earth, what you don't realize, we read about it in the book of Luke. We read about it in the book of Matthew. But most people overlook the book of Revelation where it tells the heinous war for baby Jesus that not many movies. Um, Nazareth, I can't remember the name, but it came out a few years ago. I own the movie. Um, they show a little bit of the floodwaters trying to drown Mary. 
because there was a fight. But I want to tell you that he, God will save us. God can't stay away from us. This is the love story that's been coming for you for the beginning. The God who walked us in the garden in the cool of the evening before the fall shattered the closeness with God. The God who in his people could not stand to be away from him. Them so he appeared in the pillar of cloud. The God who came to grieving Job in a whirlwind, a tornado, a hurricane. Who coveted with Abraham in a smoking furnace. Who wildly pitched his tent in the holy of holies. So somehow his Shekinah glory could be seen. He could get close enough again to live amidst his people. He is the God who is for us. Who loves us so much he can't stay away from us. Can you say amen? The God who not only loves us but he likes us. He's not merely 50% or 72.3% for you, but this is the God who is always unequivocally 100% for you. Can you give him a hand clap of praise for that today? I don't know who else you can say that about. The God who so likes us, who is so for us, that he chooses to be with us. He disarmed himself of heaven so that you could take him in arms on earth. He came as a baby because he's done with the barriers. He came vulnerable because he knows the only way, and the only way you can have intimacy is for you to get rid of the barriers and become vulnerable. So God throws open the door of the world and enters as a baby at the most vulnerable, imaginable moment because he wants unimaginable intimacy with you, and that's why he fought to get here. What God ever came so tender that you could touch him, so fragile that you could break him, so vulnerable that his bare, beating heart could be hurt. Only the one who loves you to death, only the God who had to come back to get you, only the God who would risk vulnerability, pay the price for your iniquity because he wanted nothing less than intimacy. It cost him everything to be with you. Who will you spend a fraction of time with this year? I pray it is Jesus who fought hell to get into a manger. Can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Come on, give a shout out and shake off those sleepies this morning. And his story of coming begins in the book of Luke. Um, two of my favorite characters. It's amazing because in looking at the story of Christ's coming, it, it starts with two very elderly people, and I love that the older I get, Zachariah and Elizabeth. It comes with two people, and this is what it says in Luke 1, if you want to listen or read along in verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. His name meant, my God is my oath, her, his name meant my God remembers, her name meant my God is my oath, and they were both righteous before God, walking in his commandments, and they were blameless. I want you to say blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both very well advanced in years. I have to say this every time. When the Bible says you're old, you are really old. I mean, people lived a long time. So if the Bible says you're old, you need to go as old as your mind can think. And here they are. They are barren. Here they are righteous. But here they are showing up to be faithful. I want to tell you something. If you're wondering what you should do for the kingdom, do what Henry Blackaby says in Experiencing God. Find where God is moving. Don't look for a name for yourself. Don't look for a title for yourself. 
Don't look for accolades or parades or tinkling bells and cymbals because that's what you'll be. But look to where God is moving and get involved there. Can you say amen? Whatever God is doing around you, which means with your children, um, in your job, be there and be faithful. Zacharias and Elizabeth did not have what other people had. Don't miss this. They were the faithful people. They showed up early for work, and they were the last ones to leave. Anybody with me? Say amen. They were the ones that carried more than their share of the load. They were the ones that were always visible, always being steadfast. But I often wonder, because you see, in this time of Israel, if you didn't have a child, it was a great stigma. And you would have found yourself the conversation at the dinner table, as many of us have found ourselves at one point or another in our life, when other people question why that happened to us or why we don't have what others have. And you see, as priests set Miranda and they discuss them as families around their dinner table. Oh, you know, we're all spin doctors. We all have our reason why someone's not gotten what they prayed for or, you know, uh, something's, someone's got that promotion or someone doesn't have, they not found that spouse yet, whatever that looks like, and why God is blessing this one and not blessing that one. We become spin doctors, but I want to tell you something. In the fullness of time, God will make everything right for you if you trust him. Can you say amen? Someone say amen. These people are old in age, and uh, people are eating them up at the dinner table, probably wondering why they don't have what others have. You know, it's, we can all be spin doctors, and we ought not to do it. Because only the Spirit of the Lord knows the timetables and the orchestration that he has planned for every person in this room. And I wonder as they walked home, I wondered when she finally just put up those little socks that she had knitted when she was young. I wonder when she cleaned out the nursery. I wonder how long it had been by this time that she just said, you know what? I am one of those that are forgotten. I'm going to love God and I'm going to serve him. And I'm going to praise him, and I'm going to do my best for him. And we know they did this because in this scripture, when God breaks through with a suddenly, they're found faithful. Don't check out of where God puts you and positions you before God shows up in that place and spins your head around by doing what you thought was impossible. Somebody give God a praise this morning. They were blameless, but they were faithful. They were showing up. But I wonder how many times um, they walked back, Kelly, how many times they walked back from church, how many times they walked back from work, thinking, why? Zechariah, why? Why? Why did God not give us children? We're old in age. We don't have children, nor do we have grandchildren. Everyone's had their opinion why it didn't happen. And maybe they're right. Maybe we didn't quote the right verse. Maybe we didn't stand the right way. Maybe we missed our window. I'm, you know, I just get really frustrated because the Bible says in the fullness of time, Jesus came. That means when time was full. God is the originator and author of time. When you and I start timetabling him, we better back up. When you and I start telling God when he has to do this or when he has to do that, we better back up. We better get out of his way because God brings things to pass when time is full. And those that rush ahead usually end up with a consolation prize. I've seen people get married because they couldn't see anybody better, because they refused to wait for that Boaz or that Esther. 
I've seen people make choices and jobs move before God could do what he could do in the location where they were, in the time where they were, not knowing if they had just waited for time to become full, God would bring all things to pass. Look at your neighbor and say, don't get in God's way. Don't get in God's way. Because if we wait, when time becomes full, when God brings it together, what we know is that these people kept trusting God. And maybe the very crux of our faith is if we can trust God while we wait. Amen? And the Bible says God is not slow in his promise. He does not slacken regarding the things that he has promised you. They may look different when they come than you would imagine. He's not slow. He's waiting around that he might be gracious to you. It says in the book of Isaiah 30th in the translation New Living. It says he's waiting around that he can be gracious. What does that mean? It means, Jackie, when God is bringing a fulfillment, he wants to bring it his way in his timing. He's going slow because there's things that have to do with you that are not set in motion I remember um, when Courtney was a baby and had heart defect and I was at home with her a lot after surgery. Someone that had their marriage restored, we had actually worked to restore their marriage. And they called me and I was sitting there at home. I had not left my house. I was there with my baby, nowhere else I wanted to be. But they said, we're traveling all over North Dakota. We've written a book. We've done this. We've done that. And when I hung up Josh, if I can be honest, as I often are with you, I said, Lord, Lord, my marriage has been restored for three years. But, Lord, I've not had those doors. Lord, why? And all the Lord said to me, trust me for my timing. Trust me for the moment. I'm going to tell you something. Why was that room, that inn booked? Why was every inn booked? In Bethlehem, I believe the Lord God sent those people in to book them because he wanted to bring baby Jesus forth in a manger where he could hide him so the devil could not destroy him. He hid him among animals and straw so even the lords of darkness could not find Jesus. In my early ministry, people would often say, not church people that loved me, but other people that loved me in other states and would just see me from a distance. I don't understand why you're so hidden. Other people that started with you are their household names and you're so hidden you're just stuck down there at that church in Cleveland Tennessee and you God would whisper in my ears because I'd want to get frustrated be careful what you say to people and the Holy Spirit would whisper to me and he said trust me for the fullness of time in your life do not let the opinions of man even what they think you should be doing thrust you down a road you are not ready for for I the Lord will open doors when it is my time in my moment when I am developed in you and you can stand and you have the strength and you have the courage and you have the character and you are ready I'm not saying this to bring any glory to the enemy but that couple that was burning up North Dakota you would never know them that couple that was supposedly writing a book were divorced within six months it grieved me because we paid to get them together but I'm telling you God hid baby Jesus he fought for his son in that manger so the hidden places Christ could be formed when Christ hides you when Christ sets you aside I remember years ago Pastor Billy said to me and I didn't like it he said you're gonna God's gonna thrust you out and then he's gonna pull you in he'll thrust you back out and then he'll pull you in he'll thrust you back out and then he'll pull you in and I must have had that face. Normally I can hide, 
uh, my face. I learned that recently, what I'm thinking, but I couldn't. And he said, you don't like that, do you? And I said, no, sir. He said, if God doesn't pull you back, you will never go back out. If God doesn't pull you in, you will never go back out. If you try to run with horses when you are not ready to contend with them, it will fail. But if you wait for the Lord to raise you up, to bring you in to the manger, if it were, where angels surround you and you feast on manna and you are protected by the sovereign Holy Spirit, then when you go back out, you'll come forth out of the wilderness in strength and glory. That's a good word for everybody in this room. Give the Lord praise. Thank you, Jesus. Don't ask for something too soon. Don't try to do something you're not ready to do. Yes, you'll do it afraid, and yes, you'll never feel ready, but when the time is full, it will happen. I sat with a woman that, Joni, I didn't know who she was. We were having dinner Thursday night when I first got in. She was running. We're going to dinner with my assistant and someone else. I thought, okay, great. I didn't ask we were busy catching up, talking, as girlfriends often do. Too much to say. And a beautiful black lady comes in. I mean, looking cute as Christmas. Bell-bottom jeans, fringe hanging. Ever, I've never seen her. I'm so out of the loop. And um, just hot boots and hot fringe. I mean, she's just a cutie. And she came in, and I knew she had been told about me, but I'm thinking, does she work at Daystar? Is she someone's? I didn't know. I mean, because Joni just hangs with everybody, you know, whether, whoever they are. And when we sat down, I found out that this woman is a, um, is a woman um, that goes all over the world in conferences to Nigeria, England. And she'd been on TV. I just missed her. And I didn't know, so I'm just sitting there. And um, she said, well, I was recently on Sherathon, and uh, my name is, and uh, Joni mentioned your name, and I felt the Lord said for me to open up doors for you to nations. Um, I want you to go to London with me in January. There'll be 10,000 there. Then I'll send you to this other thing. And the whole time she's talking, I said, did you say January? That's like three weeks, people. <laughs> I'm seeing all this stuff. And Joni had already been talking to me as a friend that I needed to agree with what the Holy Spirit said about me, which is a word the Lord had given me through Ron Carpenter at OCI, that I needed to agree with what the Holy Spirit was saying. And um, in my mind, I'm thinking, God, I can't do that in three weeks. I'm, I, my passport's not up to date. I can't. You know, and then all of a sudden she goes, you know what, you know what, January's too soon. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Let the saints praise him forever. Um, but it's interesting how even in that moment I'm saying this because I'm thinking, and, and in my mind, if I can be honest with you, I'm just saying, oh, Holy Spirit, I like my cake. I like my manger. I like to see our and hope I see Tuesday and Oh, Nigeria, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Seriously? And, and Joni is kicking me underneath the table. It's like she's reading my brain. And any time, because we spent hours with our other bestie, Cindy Murdoch, and any time I even halfway acted like I wasn't with her, Rhonda! And I said, I'm with you, I'm with you. Um, I mean, that doesn't mean, um, that, that means a trip here and there. Don't freak out. But just, we get comfortable. That's what happens. I'm just going to follow the Holy Spirit because when he secures you in a secret place with him, don't miss sight. Because he can do in that moment what only he can do. And then when he says it's time for you to do something bigger, you'll never. I've never asked any of these leaders to do anything. They always looked at me like, are you sure? Yes. I remember the first time I asked Susan Vernon to dance. The look on their face was, what? 
and um, she went on to be the one of the greatest dancers we've ever had. You've not seen that because now she's the producer of All Things Great. Give Susan a hand just right now with a commercial for her. But um, you, you know, but you know, you know, you know what I mean? But when we thrust out and we think I've got the gift of the evangelist, and so I just need to go here. I've seen more people ruin their lives by doing stuff like that. We had a man to lead his family one time because Perry Stone was preaching here, and he thought God told him he would travel with Perry Stone. Pastor Hank and I told him that, first of all, Perry doesn't want you to travel with him. Secondly, you have four children, but he ended up losing his marriage. But Perry didn't let him go travel, and we knew that. That was not going to happen. That was not that man's calling. But sometimes we get so excited, but God knows how in the fullness, everyone say in the fullness of time. Everyone say when time is full. And that's what happened on this morning. That's why I love Zechariah and Elizabeth. They had been in somewhat of a cave, a manger, just being faithful like everyone in this house. Just showing up. Doing the little things that other people would say were not big, but they were faithful. They were faithful and on this particular day, not getting too much into history or customs because our time is limited. And I know where I want to end. But on this day, the lot fell to Zechariah. They call him Zechariah for Zechariah. They, the lot fell to him. And he goes in. It, it, there was 20,000 priests. So the lot, the chance that you'd be the one to go into the Day of Atonement and offer the a sacrifice, it was just rare. But it fell to him. I love this because God is a divine orchestrator. God can get you where he needs you to be at the moment he needs you to get there. I've gotten places by the skin of my teeth, showed up places, things come to me, and I just think, God, how did you make this happen? Because God is a divine orchestrator. If you will trust him and be faithful where you are, God will put you in the moment for promotion. Can you say amen? God will put you in the moment for blessings. God will cause you to have the heart of kings, which means doctors, lawyers, bosses, People that rule, they will have a heart for you, and they don't even know why they have a heart for you. And he was faithful, and he went in to offer incense. And while he's there, just being faithful, an elderly man, without that promise, just put it all away. An angel comes in and taps him on the shoulder. The angel's name was Gabriel. And he taps him on the shoulder, and he says, Zechariah, God has heard your prayer, and you are going to have a son and God is going to visit your wife, Elizabeth, and you shall call his name John. Everyone say John. The crazy thing is, Zacharias doesn't believe him. That's a whole other message. He loses his ability to speak for nine months because he doubts what the angel said until the angel gets wholly ticked off and said, my name is Gabriel. I came from the presence of the Most High God. You are not going to speak for nine months because you doubted me. I always say, Kelly, I think God did Zechariah a favor and zipped up his lips so he could do no more damage to the miracle. Can you say amen? I'm thankful that sometimes God just says to me, Rhonda Davis, you better put spiritual duct tape on your mouth and shut up. Sometimes I'll look at my husband, I'll say, <clears throat> he goes, what do you want to say? I'll go, <clears throat> it's not about him, but I, it's not about him, but it's something we're talking about. And I know I'm on the verge of speaking what's really in this little fleshly brain. And I don't want my words where there's power of life and death to hurt what could come forth. But I'm going to tell you something that was such a surprise to Zechariah. It was so much what I call a swoosh anointing and unexpected suddenly. Someone saying unexpected suddenly you wait a long time you're faithful you believe God you're faithful in that manger you're faithful in that place that God has called you 
and all of a sudden an angel taps you on the shoulder. And it's so crazy, Cheryl, the way we know he couldn't even remember the prayer that he heard. He looked at the angel. I love that because God doesn't tell him how the miracle came to pass. Because if God had said it, we'd have all done it that way. But I know that the Spirit of the Lord can lead us to pray the prayers. God is not limited. God can put it in your heart how to pray for the things that God wants to do. Can you say amen? And it's a beautiful story. Zachariah, Elizabeth, get pregnant. God is my own and God remembers me, gets pregnant. And it's such a beautiful thing that in verse 24 of, of Luke 1 and 2, it says, How kind the Lord is. He has taken away my disgrace and shame. The Lord has fulfilled my promises to give light to those who are in darkness. I'm going to tell you, God can bring a miracle anytime he wants to. It was unexpected. It was suddenly, but it was to prepare the way to fight for baby Jesus. And what God is doing in your life right now, the moments you can't see him bringing things to pass, God is preparing Jesus in you, the hope of glory. Welcome the those waiting moments welcome those moments you're faithful and you see nothing I said the best place for me to learn to be a preacher was to lead worship and watch people chew their gum stand on their head pick their nose read a book roam around fold their arms look bored look uninterested sit down am I covering all for you Josh and do all of that while I was trying to lead them into the throne room of heaven because it taught me in that moment Rhonda Davis you just be faithful you do what God has called you to do there'll be a lot of mundane moments in this process of Jesus being formed in you but there are also suddenly breaking forth moments when God busts through in the moment when the spirit of the Lord takes charge and in those moments you will see what he's been working toward give Jesus a praise in this house look at your neighbor and say hold on during the mundane Josh if you would come and help me for where I want to go in these last few moments Zacharias and Elizabeth God was fighting for baby Jesus through these people's lives and things in your life I'm going to go on and, and teach a little bit more but things in your life that you can't really understand, there is a fight for not baby Jesus, but for the risen Lord to be born in you. For him to become realized in you, for people to see him in you. He's taking his time like he did with Zacharias and Elizabeth. He could have given them a baby when they were young, but you see, the time was not full yet. When the time got full, God brought. When the time got full, God did what he was going to do. It's the same thing in all of our lives. There's things in my life. I'm not standing up here like, oh, yes, Miss Fulfillment, it's all been done. There's many things, many things. In fact, something a prophet spoke to us last fall, one statement stands as a clearing because I have it on video. Symbolic of things undone, unfinished. But I won't say what that is because it's not the time but it was just one statement. In every one of our lives, there are things that are unfinished that time is not full yet. Keep showing up. Keep being faithful. Keep being there in the mundane moment so that Christ can be formed. God had orchestrated for this couple a miracle. 
that would give him great glory. In fact, the news spread throughout the region of what God had done. That's the next page of your story. That's the epic story from one of my sermons that God is writing in each of our life. That's the next chapter we can't see. That's the next title of glory that he's bringing. God had a miracle in mind. It was not what they thought it would look like. Most of our miracles are not what we thought they would look like. But they are miracles. And when time was full, he gave a baby to a very elderly couple that had put that prayer. And the Spirit of the Lord speaking to somebody. That had put that prayer so far away. Often say they just put it in the too good to be promises. They would put it away. This can't happen. It won't happen. But then the Lord said, I heard your prayer. I heard your prayer a long time ago to Zacharias, and you didn't think he'd do it. Elizabeth, I walked home with you from the temple when your heart was hurting. When you packed up baby's things, I said, I'm an old woman now. That can't happen. I kind of ignored all that, and I stayed anchored in that prayer you prayed years ago when you prayed for that baby. There's some prayers in this room right now that are just alive and living. That's what I'm hearing by the Spirit. They're alive and living. Hallelujah. Whoa, thank you, Holy Spirit. Whoa, thank you, Holy Spirit. They're alive and they're living. And they will see their day, says the Scripture. They're alive and they're living. I see the word prodigal children and prodigal grandchildren. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He says they're alive and they're living. The time is not far. There's some restorations I hear him say that have not happened yet. The time is not full. some promotions and some doors that have not opened. He says, the time is not full yet. But the prayers are living. In the book of Revelation, there's a moment when God pours the prayers from heaven out of a bowl. And when he does, the whole earth gets silent. Showing us that prayers live on. Don't give up, faithful man, says the Spirit. Don't give up, faithful woman. Believe. Keep turning the page, says the Spirit of the Lord. Spirit, the Lord says that these walls, hallelujah, hallelujah, are alive with prayers. This carpet is alive with tears, says the Spirit of the Lord. Prayers that are living up on this place. In the fullness of time, says In the fullness of time, says the Spirit, these prayers will be answered. You've questioned my timing. You've questioned why this hasn't happened yet, why that happened, why this has happened. But I say, in the fullness of time, you will understand clearly, says the Spirit. It will be made known to you. 
right where you sit, would you just lift your hand toward heaven before I finish? Would you thank him that every prayer you've ever prayed is alive right now? Would you just thank him, hand on your heart, hand up, whatever that may be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see some Jacob and Joseph's being restored to each other. children being restored. I see some new beginnings. I see destinies. When time is full, says the Spirit. When time is full, says the Spirit. Time is full. Spirit of the Lord says, to the faithful this day I call you before your father's throne say to you that I've seen your tears I've read your prayers and I know your heart you have not denied me in moments when your path took away you did not understand in your anguish your heartbreak and sometimes your anger you would not let go of me you are coming out of the wilderness says the Lord leaning on my arm in fullness of time, you will shine like the sun of righteousness in all glory. And things you could not fix within you, I will accomplish during this time, says the Lord. I will create in you and I will search out the caverns of your heart and mind and I will do new things, says the Spirit of the Lord. And you will see when time is full, your story will give me greater glory than you could have ever dreamed. For where you would have stopped, I kept going. For where you would have built a place there saying, that's enough, Lord, you've done so many good things. I say, no, I will do even more. The Spirit of the Lord says that news will spread among your families and those that you love of what I have done for you, my people, for you and your children. News will spread and I will receive great glory, for I am he, other than you, who keeps his promises. Someone just lift your hands and worship him for a moment.